from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Shadow fam, and happy new year. We have an extra special holiday gift for you today. Remember when we answered some of your questions a while back? Well, we are doing it again. We had so many amazing questions, we couldn't fit them all in one episode, so here we are. Welcome to this week's season two mailbag. We are so excited to answer some questions and make an episode fully for you, our beloved Shadow fam. Morning, Dom. How are you? Or afternoon for you, I guess. It is afternoon for me. We'll figure out the time difference one of these days one of at these some days. point, but I'm doing good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. About to embark on some holiday travel and and uh, family time, which I'm very much. Are you on break? To. Are you on break for the holidays, or are you finished? We're done. You're done. Wow. We are done. Done. So now that uh, fun period of do we get picked up? Wait, no. Mm-hmm. You got picked up. You didn't get picked up. You got picked no. up to do the whole season. Yeah, we just did thirteen, and then no back order, and we'll see about season two. So. I feel good about it. I think I feel good about season two <laughs> for this one. You need more westerns in the world. You know what I mean? Right? It would certainly be a lot of fun. What are you up to these days? I am back home for Christmas. Back home and I'm about to travel for um, a friend of mine is getting married in the Dominican Republic and he's asked me to be in his groomsman party and he's getting married over New Year's. So Decker and I are going to the Dominican in like a week and a half and I haven't, uh, just over a week, like almost 10 days. Um, and I haven't planned anything and I need to start planning Great. some stuff but there you go yeah there's anything I know about you Dom it's last minute travel is kind of your specialty you'll yeah, figure it I'll out and it have happen. an amazing adventure no matter what oh yeah that's the plan um 
Right. Well, we have a whole bunch of questions from you guys, which first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to listen and engage with us and, and enjoy the show and then come up with these questions because one, it's so lovely to hear from you. And two, it makes our job a whole bunch easier that we don't have to make them up. So that's great stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to preface this with like, I am going to absolutely butcher some of these names. I've tried to go through some of them and some of them are pretty simple, but some of them are like, they're like they're not not anagrams what are they called when it's when it's like irl what's that what's the term for oh, that abbreviations I abbreviations guess? Um, there's like a bunch of abbreviations that yeah. i don't know because i'm fucking old now so <laughs> there's a bunch of these that i don't know so if i mess it up I, like just try and be gentle with me and don't laugh and if i mess up your name at some point i apologize with that being said that precursor let's dive in let's jump into some questions what do you say let's go for it Right. So we have these sort of compartmentalized into different versions of things, which isn't really necessarily very important for you guys, but it gives us some other things to talk about. So this first section of questions is filming slash stuff that we did on screen. So first, we want to get into some questions about our time on set and our favorite times on screen, our favorite on screen moments. Kat, do you want me to ask you the first question? Go for it, Dom. Great. Leanne, Leanne L-Y-L, I think that's what this is. Oh man, you think so? Okay, cool. Yeah. This is see, I'm starting off already. This is it's it's going to be one of those kind of shows. No, um, listen, I don't know what the kids say these days. I'm not. I don't know the TikToks and Insta. What I don't know. I don't know. I don't, have a TikTok. I don't know. Although I did just. I, this is funny, and I'll I'll publicly address this now. I was drunk with my friends the other day, and I thought it would be funny to follow some people again. So I followed my best friend Harvey, who lives with me. I followed Decker. And then I followed, uh, Daryl has a fan group and we're not 100% sure who runs it, but I followed the <laughs> fan group and not Daryl and immediately got a message from Daryl like, dude, what are you doing? I'm so annoyed. So everyone out there, go and follow this fan group because it's awesome. Um, anywho, the it question is. from Leanne Is it a fan group L-Y-L. for Daryl or for- It's a fan group for Daryl. Or for you? No, for Daryl. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I know, I follow it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so question number one, what, what time did you have to wake up on set? What time did you have to wake up on set is an interesting one because Kat likes yeah. to take naps on set. I'm assuming the question <laughs> is sort of based around what time do we have to wake up to go to set. Yes. Um, and that is fully dependent. We're, we were on one of those kind of shows where, you know what, Kat? I asked you the question. I don't know why I'm diving in and answering. I asked you the question. You go nuts. Well, that's all right. Well, I, I think I was going to say just about the same thing you were most likely is that, you know, it it all depends on what we're shooting and when. Because a lot of times we would end up shooting nights because, mm-hmm. you know, vampires, et cetera. Um, it's easier to hunt shadows in the dark. No. But we uh, we would have to wake up. You know, we lived probably about an hour from our studio, which most of the time that's where we would be. And then I think it's all dependent on hair and makeup time. So my hair and makeup time, I think, was about an hour and a bit, which it's interesting on a show like this because our time was usually pretty similar, which isn't usually Mm -hmm. the case for, you know, folks with extensively long hair as I have. But uh, it's because of the runes and your tattoos and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, that doubled me up with time. So the big thing for me was if I was shirtless or not. If I'm, if I have my shirt on, and we used to talk about this with costume quite a lot. If there was an opportunity to, and it made sense for the story, we would tend to be in long sleeves with the mm-hmm. sleeves rolled down. That way, no, nobody else has to get up early. Not just me, but like the hair and makeup team who also have to come in early to get the runes ready to cover up my tattoos, so on and so forth. 
nobody has to come in any earlier and everyone gets an extra hour of sleep. And like Kat was mentioning, you know, when we do those night shoots, Friday days were everyone's least favorites where you start on a, a Friday afternoon and you don't finish till not even the early hours sometimes on a Saturday morning, sometimes like middle of the morning, Saturday morning, and you've just worked through the night. Nobody wants to come in that next day an hour earlier. Nobody wants to do it because everyone's tired. You need your rest. It's really important and it's important to be productive and to be a decent part of the team. So um, we would work out times where if it was if it was necessary, then I would be shirtless or my sleeves would be shorter. If it wasn't necessary, it wouldn't. However, the shirtless scenes, they have to airbrush my tattoos off first. So they cover them completely, which takes about give or take, normally there's two or three people doing it. So give or take, that takes about between 20 and 40 minutes. And then you have to apply the runes on top of that, which takes another sort of between 20 and 40 minutes. So yeah, about just over an hour, give or take. Yeah. Which, you know, is not an insignificant amount of time. And then sometimes if we were feeling extra ambitious or just an insane person like myself, uh, we would get up in the morning and go train with our trainer first before work or after yeah. work or you know well so that's it, true it, actually because fight scenes as well like the fight scenes days yeah. we would come in early very often um and run it because most of the time we had run the fight scene but in the studio space so mm-hmm. we don't know what the set looks like yet we don't know where you know you've got a scene that I, I just rewatched with a friend the fight scene with the the first one in the vampire den we didn't know what that was going to look like like they sort of set it up with boxes so it's sort of vaguely like that but i didn't know where the paddle is going to come from where the weapons are going to come from where the vampires are coming from where they're going to fall where it's safe for them to fall where it's safe for me to fall you don't know any of that so if you have the opportunity to get up and get in um and see that space and even just like it's almost like meditating you just sit in the space and sort of pan everything through in your head as best you can this goes here, this is when this happens and whatever. And then when the changes do inevitably happen, which we've spoken about on the podcast before, it's a little easier. So th- this is a really tricky question to answer in relation to what time <laughs> we wake up because there is no answer to it. The, yeah. I, the standard answer is we get given a time that we need to be in work, which is on, it's a, called a call sheet. And the call sheet has all of the information we need for the day, who's going to be in, the phone numbers we need to call, the scenes that we're going to be doing, blah, 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 times, dates, weather, all that sort of stuff. Um, and next to our names, we'll say pick up at this time, arrive on set at this time, hair and makeup at this time, on set at this time. If it's one of those days where we've decided we want to be in earlier for whatever reason, you have to approach them ahead of time and say, look, I would love to come in. I would love to see this, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the standard answer is we wake up when we're told to wake up. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. I mean, we that's, that's the beauty of being an actor on a show like this is yeah. you really get told everything Mm -hmm. where to do I there was (laughs) I I was actually on the set of Arrow and I realized this kind of analogy and then one of our camera operators added the little cherry on top but we're basically kindergartners you know we we get told we get have a little chair with our name on it we have a little cubby with our name on it somebody sets our clothes and makes sure our hair looks nice and then they we have somebody who walks us everywhere we go and tells everyone else when we go to the bathroom and when we need Mm -hmm. a snack and people always ask i was gonna say snacks is a big one like when when you're grumpy someone's (laughs) gonna bring you snacks and like a a juice box and be like oh just you calm down you it's gonna be okay but then the one of the camera ops on arrow uh turned to me one day and went oh yeah, and we're the parents that record you guys playing together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, jeez. So that's basically the crux of it. Very simple yeah. question, very long-winded answer. I am so yeah. sorry. 
I wonder if they're all going to be like this. <laughs> well, here's our next question from L Barrett two two six three. What was your absolute favorite moment from each season to either film or watch? Oof. Okay. From each season, um, mm-hmm. wow. Uh, season season one is an easy one for me because it's the same scene. Um, to okay. both film and and because I because I don't do a huge amount in this scene, I I get to sort of witness it as it's happening for the first time. It was almost a bit like watching a play, which was really cool. And then, so being a part of that, being a part of the filming process was very cool. Um, it took us two days. I'm giving you clues. You're, you're going to figure out which one this is. Oh, I already know. And then <laughs> then to watch it again, we all watched it together live at, at the Freeform offices um, in Los yeah. Angeles. And we got to see it as the audience saw it. And so we knew what was coming. And with the build-up and stuff, it was amazing. And it's the Lydia Alec wedding that's gate-crashed by Magnus in the most fantastic way. And that kiss. Get, getting yeah. to see that kiss for the first time because nobody really knew. I'm not even sure if they knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, and the and the way Matt initiates it, I remember I remember seeing it and thinking, "Holy shit, he's going to punch him!" Like, and it's one of those things where like the direct hasn't told us, but this is he wants like a genuine reaction from us. So this is what's going to happen because that's what it looks like. He grabs him by the lapels, and there's a half a second there where you're like, "Oh, I really don't know what's going to happen there." Um, and it's such a genuine raw sort of almost like an epiphany, like an emotional, um, physical epiphany, which is a, a, it was a really cool thing to watch. And we've said it before. We'll say it again a thousand times. The boys do such an amazing job in that scene. Um, and that was my favorite in season one to, to watch and to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth on that one. Um, so I, I have really nothing to add other than, you know, it's, it was sort of a celebration of the season as well. Cause we were, Mm -hmm. it was our second to last episode and we had all been so separated for so long. And it was so nice to have everyone together in one room and just be able to celebrate the story that we told for so long. Totally. Spoiler, that might be our answer for season three. Maybe. I will say, I think I know our answer for season two. Because I think yeah. we have the same answer for that as well. The 100%. the whole sequence at Lake Lynn with mm-hmm. Alan and the sword mm-hmm. and the lake and the angel and you and I and this all those fights, it was such we were we were exhausted, you know, and it was yeah. such an epic thing and something that we'd built up for so long. And mm-hmm. the hard work that every single department put in, despite, you know, weather adversities and how, you know, we had to, as you said before, change things at the last minute and dealing with drones and dealing with, you know, different elements that we had to bring together to make this moment as as epic as the books built it up to be and as epic as the fans deserved. And, you know, I really think that was that was so well done by the entire team. And we had been crying for 17 hours and fighting and in the rain and everything else. And yet I think we all left set that day knowing that we'd done something special and knowing that we'd accomplished that goal, despite the fact that I mean I couldn't even stand up in the shower at the end of that night or that morning, I guess. It was yeah. a hard, I mean, it was because it wasn't even like that was the last scene of that whole sequence that we filmed semi-chronologically. So there was the the execution fight and then there was the, and this was all, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was all done in the same area, right? Like we pretty much went from yeah. like dusk with the execution straight to the, the edge of Lake Lynn and did th- those scenes one after the other. So it was... It, it was definitely a hard work day. There is, there's a certain amount of adrenaline that you get, especially from, I mean, just doing what you love anyway gives you a decent amount of adrenaline. But then um, being on locations, there's something really special about that because you're seeing the thing live. 
they're not going to add very much to it. Obviously, the angel was added later. Spoiler, but we didn't have one of those in real life. But <laughs> actually being able to look out across the lake that we'd seen in writing and we'd rehearsed and we'd done all of this stuff and then to actually be there and see it is a really cool thing. So you do get this level of adrenaline, which sort of helps you through to a certain extent. But then when sort of 12 o'clock and then it's one in the morning and then it's two in the morning and that adrenaline starts to dip a little and you're sort of on cigarettes and coca-cola and that's the only thing that's really keeping you through is like sugar and you don't smoke but that's what i no. was doing i was smoking cigarettes and i was <laughs> like drinking soda every two seconds just to keep like little sugar bursts going through my body but like cat says you know you when the, there's something really fantastic about leaving those days and going yeah man that's that's that was everything that, that it should have been it was yeah. we nailed that scene absolutely nailed that scene. There's nothing i would go back and change which especially is, I, I think any version of artists always look back at their work and hate just a tiny bit of it, always. You always look oh, yeah. back and there's always a part of you that's like, oh man, I wouldn't have done that or I wouldn't have done that. And that's, again, part of the beauty of it, that sort of self-sacrificial nature pushes you to strive to be a little better every time, which is a good thing. It's a positive thing if yeah. you use it in the right way. But the, I don't feel that way about that scene. And I know you don't feel no. that way about that scene, which is um, rare and, and quite lovely. Indeed. And what about season three, Dom? See, I alluded to it earlier and now I can't think of anything else it, for two reasons. One, exactly as you mentioned before, it's an amalgam of how the story came together, what it represents, how it, how it brings people from different facets of life together and how they can be happy no matter what their challenges are, no matter what their backgrounds are, whatever. So the, the wedding scene, the actual wedding scene, um, at the end of season three, I think encapsulates a lot of what we were trying to tell in our story. And then on top of that, and we have mentioned this before briefly, but it was one of those very few scenes where everyone was there. Everyone, people from season one, you know, we spoke about it when we had Glenn on. Glenn was with us. Glenn, camera operator, was with us from season one, from from day day one. Yeah. He was with us and was with us on that last day. And for those who don't know, we've definitely mentioned this before, but we had the wrap party immediately after filming that scene mm -hmm. immediately after filming it on the sets that we all we all worked on we all lived on for four and a half years they had champagne waiting for us and that's where we had our wrap party so so filming that whole collection the, the wedding and then the after party and then the our after party as well and my dad was there which was really lovely and yeah it was a it was a pretty special experience yeah. all around because again that's not that's very uncommon yeah in so many ways to have your last day be with all of the people that you've worked with never happens to have it's in fact almost always your last day is like on your own and it's like right at the end of the day and it's like kind of yeah. you're just like yeah let's get out of here everyone wants to know it's like on a green um, screen shooting somewhere yeah like it's not from interesting a thing that they yeah, forgot. yeah totally yeah we just need to smile into like this camera at one point and that's it yeah and then to to have it be on a set obviously as uh on that set the you know the key set is fairly uncommon and then to have your rap party one the day of never happens and two to have it on a set that we grew up in, literally grew up in, like four years of my life was yeah. was on that set all day every day is is it unheard of. Um, so that was yeah. that was really cool. That was really really special. And I I feel the exact same way. You know, even having Isaiah come back, who was mm -hmm. off doing something else and had only been there for a couple of days, and I think even Alan showed up, and mm -hmm. you know everyone came, and and even folks who weren't working that day just came to be there and. You know, something we don't talk a ton about because we get so caught up in everything is 
Todd, you know, our showrunner, Todd mm-hmm. Slavkin, came up to direct that episode. And yeah. he hadn't directed the show before and was so brilliant in creating such a sacred space for that scene and creating yeah. such a beautiful – every single detail of the wedding, from the flowers to the way everything was arranged to, you know, having Nicola walk walk Harry down the aisle to all of these little elements just – brought all of us to tears so many times because it was the connective tissue of everything we'd set up and everything we'd worked for and everything that we had put our heart and souls into for so many years. You know, down to mm-hmm. there were certain pieces of the dialogue that I my final scene with Alberto, my final scene with Nicola, my final scene with you. I could barely even say the lines without bursting into tears because they were so poignant to everything that not only we had felt as characters, but everything that we'd felt as people over that time and everything that we'd been through together and and this family that we'd made and this team effort that we'd built and it was it was such a celebration but also a a lovely send off and a lovely farewell to this story yeah i agree wow we're not getting to these very quickly are we holy shit is that question two yeah yep. wow okay well there you go yeah right From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jaleka.art has asked a scene you weren't happy with, but upon watching thought you did a good job. Interesting. So this actually happens a lot, I find. And I was talking to a director friend of mine. Yeah, I was talking to a director friend of mine about this, and it's sort of illuminated some some other a new perspective for me you know when when you are shooting at such a fast pace and you're doing so much as you said artists often are at least people who really care about what they're doing are often very critical of themselves and often Mm. find because we're always striving to be better and always striving to improve and so often when you get on set and they're on the day 
it turns out differently than you would have expected. Or there's some element that it doesn't necessarily go the way you thought of in your head. And at times that can be a bit disappointing or frustrating or or you just go, oh man, I wish I could have, or I wish I had done this mm. retrospectively. But a director friend of mine I was talking to about this and he said to me, it's never the take that the actor likes that's the best take. It's the take mm. that they are unsure of. Because they it because they're unsure, it means they weren't self-evaluating while they were in the scene. They were just mm. actually in the moment and actually living the moment and lost themselves in the story so they didn't have a sort of accurate representation of how the take went, in quotes, as it were. Um, which I thought was interesting. But yeah, I don't know. How do sense. you feel? That makes total sense. I think there's a million different actors and a million different ways that actors work because everyone does it a slightly different way. I don't, I think the only, the, there are definitely times where I wish I'd done something differently, but it's it's upon watching more than it is like on the day. On the day, I really do try and lose myself as much as I can to the point where like there are times where I don't really remember doing things. And that's when I know I, that it was good because exactly as you're saying, like that, whatever I was saying in those moments was the my emotions behind it were connected to whatever that other person whatever that thing that object whatever it was yeah. um and and trying to sort of use your imagination to to put that into reality for you is um that that's what i've always tried to do to 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 project these characters emotions but i think definitely sometimes where i've been disappointed is where we ran out of time mm -hmm. where you knew you had no choice but you had to get this the first time and the the sort of st not standard really but like um what does seem to happen quite a bit is you do you know you do a big wide shot first normally that's what you'll get first and you sort of air some shit out then like you figure some shit out you figure out what the other actor is going to do and then you you have that sort of conversation of like oh interesting cool okay great do that again because because you, you, you surprised me with it and and i didn't then it took me out of it because i was watching it and i was like oh that was a good choice and i was like ah oh, shit now dom's thinking not jason so just Hit me with it again. I'm going to get back into Jason. We can react the way we need to react. And then you come in closer and closer and closer bit by bit. And then you sort of get these cool little nuances and whatever. And a good example of that actually is the last scene with Alberto and I, the fight scene, um, was sort of originally written and originally rehearsed with, it was like anger. I was angry that, at this thing that had happened. And we did the first big wide take and Alberto and I went aside and we're like, it doesn't feel, it's not working. Like it doesn't feel quite right. I don't know why it doesn't feel right, but it feels like I'm fighting my emotions and, and whatever. And I think Alberto even said like, let those emotions go. Like let yourself be entirely vulnerable because we've reached a place, Simon and Jace, where we're comfortable with each other. Like let your emotions go. And I was like, okay, shit. Yeah, let me try that. And we tried it and we went, oh, wow. Yeah, no, there, that's where that all felt correct. Mm -hmm. And when you run out of time, you don't have that play space you don't have that section there and that i i know i've done scenes in not just in shadow hunters and all sorts of different productions where we ran out of time and that was there you're like ah oh, man yeah i wish i had i wish i had a couple more i wish i in fact that's a very common actor phrase is i wish i had one more i wish i had one more take because i could feel that there was like something brewing on the precipice. It's like when you're when you're in the shower and you want to rehab a conversation that you've had previously. You always, <laughs> you always, even as yourself, you always think of the like, ah, shit, there it was. That's what I should have said. That's what I should have said because yeah. that's how I genuinely feel. But it took me a couple times of having that conversation to get it out. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar when you're on set. There's there are times where you do need to have that conversation more than once to go. This is actually how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And 
there are times where we just don't have time. The the big one is chasing sunlight or sunlight's chasing us. Um, you know, if the scene needs to be at nighttime and the sun is coming up, you've only got so much time. You've only got until the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. So I find those to be very disappointing days, but there's nothing to be done about them. So there you go. Indeed. So I think let's move on to the casting characters section. You know, they mm-hmm. people wanted to know about the cast and the characters in the shadow world and yeah. how you felt about them. V J Uyera. I am Good job. so sorry. Vieja Uyera, perhaps? I'm butchering this name. I'm so sorry. Wants to know in what ways do we feel as though we're like our characters? Uh, we've been asked this one before, definitely. Mm-hmm. I probably not by yourself. It's I think Jace became more like me as it went on. Mm-hmm. It, no, I don't even know if that's true. I think that's just something that's that's such a press answer. That's such a someone told me to say that. That's <laughs> just that's just not the fucking case at all. I don't think we are similar. I don't and it, and I, I I like taking roles where I'm not similar to the person. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I enjoy doing that. And there are definitely elements of myself. I'm I'm fiercely loyal and I'm very willing to do things for other people and put maybe them first sometimes sometimes to my own detriment but that that and also that that loyalty in and of itself can be kind of selfish sometimes and I know Jace has a selfishness with him and and that's tricky too so I don't know I I I think we're very dissimilar people in lots of ways but I think when you're playing it when you're playing one of the good guys you want to hope that deep down you're aligned some way because you're playing one of the good guys. You're playing someone with a good heart mm-hmm. who's doing the right thing for the right reasons. So I would hope that at least that sort of key level of morality is is similar between him and I. But other than that, we just we look pretty similar. And that's <laughs> not at the moment I have a beard now, but uh, previously we previously on Dom Sherwood's life, I used to look a lot like Jace. <laughs> yeah, I think you know it's interesting because I. I saw some similarities between myself and Clary when I started and and throughout, but looking back, I think, you know, we were a lot more similar than I realized, which I wasn't used to. I'd never really played a character that was like me in any way, which provided its own set of vulnerabilities and challenges along the way, because you have to really go to parts of your, your psyche and your heart that are very close to the bone and very close to home. And that can be an experience, for lack of a better word. But it's nice looking back because I definitely grew with Clary. You know, these two characters, these Clary and myself, they were these young women thrown into worlds that they knew nothing about and that they didn't have any experience in and had to find a way to navigate and create a family and grow and become something that they never thought they could be. And that I was very grateful for that because I, you know, as you said, we grew up on this show and we grew up with these people and, and I, I was figuring out who I was as an adult and an artist and a person while Clary was figuring out who she was as a shadow hunter. And uh, it's, it's interesting looking back on that. And I'm, uh, it's, it's one reason why this is always going to be so special to me. Good answer. Um, Danielle or Daniel, <laughs> 1614 Brown, probably Daniel. I want to say <laughs> Daniel, but this could be Danielle. I don't know. It's, it's spelled so many different, oh, man, I don't know. Dan Danielle or Daniel one six one Brown, who was your favorite guest star? Wow! Oh, geez, that's a tricky question. Honestly, that's like asking us which of our siblings we like the most. Cat's an only child, so that's a fairly easy question for her. But for me, that would be it. Though you're an only <laughs> child, right? 
Uh, yes, for lack of a better word. My uh, my mom tends to adopt friends of mine from time to time. So I have sure. a few adopted siblings at this point. Sure. But, uh, cool. but yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. There you go. Um, favorite guest star. Man, there are so many. Because you, what you don't understand, I think, is some of our guest stars became such regular parts of the cast that you would assume that they were series regulars. Jade is one, Nicola Mm -hmm. is another. We saw them so often that you would assume that maybe they were part of the standard cast, but they aren't. Yeah. I think if we, because, yeah, I I mean, mine would be Nicola. If we were going on paper of like guest star, guest star, it would be Nicola. Nicola's one of my favorite people in the world. However, I think if we were going to go on like people who sort of came in for like an episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Adam Harrington was amazing. I had a lot of fun with Adam Harrington. Yeah. Also, Mimi. uh, Mimi's amazing. And then Adam Kenneth Wilson, who played Ragnar, came in and, and first of all, did one of the best British accents I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, like to the point where I was asking him whereabouts in England is from. And he's like, oh, no, darling, I'm actually from here. I'm from here. I just, this, but Ragnar has has a British accent. And I was like, that is fucking amazing. That's better than my British accent. And I'm British. So if we're talking about guest stars who who were just in for like a day, those two guys are probably up there on my list. We can't forget Javier Munoz as well. Javier's a good one. Yeah, or Javier's Tessa. a really good one. Or oh my, you know, but again, Tessa all again, these people. I, yeah, Tessa, I don't consider to be one of our like day players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like she wasn't a one episode. Like she had an arc. She had a whole. Yeah. But she, you're right. Tessa was technically a guest star. Tessa has like and Jade as well is another one like Jade Hassoun who is technically a guest star mm-hmm. but we don't we don't see those mm-hmm. people as guest stars at David all. David Castro. David Castro is another one like they weren't guest stars they were no. they were a part of this with us you know so mm-hmm. yeah I don't know that's a really tricky question to answer. It is I mean and you know technically Will Tudor was a guest star Luke Baines yeah. is a guest so star so was Luke yeah I was you know say, all so of these Luke. people who came in and became mm-hmm. such huge parts of the family and huge parts of. Our lives. I will say, if if you know, I had to shadow you know shadow hunter's weapon to my throat. I would uh, have to say Nicola and Maris, just because of the arc that Maris had. That mm-hmm. was such a dissimilar arc arc from the book, and such a dissimilar story. But so because of the impact that Malik had, they almost were able to exponentially grow that impact and grow the the sort of emotional impact that the show had and the and the mm-hmm. growth for the shadow fam that it provided and and the safe space and the comfort and the you know help i guess for lack of a better word that that the show was able to to give people and the respite by telling not only a story of this relationship but a story of a family and a mother and son and parents navigating this Mm-hmm. relationship and and siblings yeah. and families and you know institutions as well and it it became such a special beloved aspect of the show and you know taking a character that would have just remained a villain as it mm-hmm. were and humanizing her and giving her a new life and a love story and everything else as the and the show came to an end it's really it became so nuanced and complex and and I think a lot of that too has to do with Nicola and just the capacity she has as an actress as well yeah I would, I would agree. It's, it's one of those impossible questions because you're asking us. As I said, it's like which of our siblings we we like the most. Like, the, yeah. there's no, there's no real answer to that question. And then also, so many of these people in our heads were not guest stars. Yeah, um, yeah tricky. So I hope we vaguely answered that question. <laughs> 
for sake of time, shall we jump to the next section? Let's do it. So here are some what ifs, which I think this might be the section I'm looking forward to most. Mm-hmm. There's a few what if questions because why not dream about the future? Sure. So I think we've actually been asked this question before. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would because we've talked so much about weddings? Mm-hmm. If Clace were to have gotten married one day, what would that wedding have looked like, and what what would that have been? Such an interesting question. Like <sighs> Jay's ain't so good with the romance. We know now. Yeah, he, he had to I reach out. They to both would have just Simon turned it over to Magnus advice. and said. I think yeah, Magnus would have done a lot said, of helping. Just plan it and do everything and tell us what to do. I honestly think, especially based on how their relationship uh, came to a close mm-hmm. in the story, I think Simon would have done a lot of helping because Simon knew has known Clary since they were kids, right? Like, I think he, I mm-hmm. think Jace would have asked him. I think he would have asked him for help. Um, and while and oh, this is a cool idea. While Alec may have been Jace's Sonjin. Is that right? Sonjin? I think Sojin, Sonjin. I th- I'm pretty sure that me that's like Shadow Hunter Best Man. Yeah. Maybe um Al- Alberto. Maybe Simon would have been Jace's best man, the mundane version of that, and they would have been able to have sort of an amalgam of those of those. I think you're right, because you know, Simon came so full circle with Jace mm-hmm. and has known Clary so well. So he really is the bridge between that that yeah. couple. Yeah, 100%. Um, as far as what it would look like, I don't know. I don't think it would be I don't think it would be as flashy as Magnus Alec. I think honestly, I think what both of them and we used to joke about this all the time. Like if you could cross over a show, which one would it be? And it would be like some fucking travel show where you just get to go and sit on a beach for a little bit. Like <laughs> that kind of sounds like the perfect wedding for me. Where you're for them, yeah. like where you're away from from everything, from all of the the torturous version of life that they've had growing up, especially Jace, um, yeah. and get to fully escape into into a world with just the people they care about, just a very small grouping of people, um, the are sort of inner circle of people, and they get to celebrate how much they care about each other with the people that they want to celebrate that with, yeah. um, in a place that maybe nobody's been before. Maybe maybe it's a, a place that not only nobody's been married, nobody's ever even visited. And I think that's something that would be very special to to Jace, at least. I think it would be interesting to, you know, find a part of the Sealy realm that is tropical or to, you know, go to the beaches of somewhere, some forest, not in an institute, not in a, it would mm-hmm. have been, I think, out somewhere that, that maybe meant something to them throughout the yeah. years. But very interesting thoughts. Yeah. What's the next question. what if, Dom? Let's see, let's see, let's see. From Shadow Cat Clary Clace. <laughs> That's a solid name. Good job. Would have loved to see an episode of Just Clace. If there was, what would they be doing? They would be fighting They with each other. They would be arguing about something. <laughs> Clary would have said, I've got to go do this thing. And Jace would have said, no, you probably shouldn't. She would have done it anyway. And then Jace would have come and saved her life. And then yeah, she would have basically. figured out something at the end that saved them both just miraculously that Jace didn't know about because he's a bad shadow hunter. Yeah, That's the episode. Definitely. That's that. If we're going based on like story writing, historicity, like the ability of these people to do the things that they've done in continuum, that's yeah. what the episode would have been. 100%. For sure. I think it would also be interesting to have an episode of them like at Ikea trying to furnish their apartment mm. or, you know, fighting demons while also having an argument and just dealing with couple stuff while they're slashing that, demons honestly, left, right, and center. That would have been really fun. Like the concept of that would have been 
would have been really fun, like mid argument, mid fight, instead of seeing this or like whilst seeing this synergy between like you and myself or between Izzy and Alec or me and me and Alec or you and Izzy, seeing that synergy whilst also having a confrontation between the two would have been an interesting like dynamic to play with. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe we can in, fight like, in 10 sync, years, even if we are. Yeah, even if we're yeah, fighting. Exactly. Um, <laughs> like maybe in 10 years when they do our reunion series and I'm playing 40-year-old Jace, then, then we can throw that one in there. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So let's jump into rooms. Mm. So Lacey L7 says, what does each of your favorite rune Jason Clary use or favorite in general? Here's my thing about Ooh. the runes, right? Is there were like three that I used continuously throughout the show. The Arati was the main one because I was continuously getting hurt or beaten up or murdered. Yeah. So that was like the big one for me. The rest of them, even when we were doing the show, I didn't really know what they were. I had <laughs> no, no real clue. Like you guys tell us all the time we're at, you know, we're at fan events or whatever. And you're like, oh, you had this rune on your shoulder and now I have it. I'm put it on my shoulder. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. But okay, cool. It's good to know that that's the case. Yeah. There were so many. There were so many. Mm -hmm. And then with the introduction in season two of Clary being able to just make shit up, there were so many. And then we were adding new ones to them all the time. And then these yeah. situations would happen. Like, is it end of season two or mid season three break? I can't remember where Izzy just has one where she, her eyes go like technical and she can like see all of the stuff in the building. And I was like, that oh, would have yeah. been so useful like 40 different times in this show and we just haven't <laughs> used it yet but right now it's no, a useful it's just, thing so yeah. Yeah. i didn't i never knew what they were so i'm gonna have to go with arazi also okay. I, we have toyed with this as an idea if the arazi room would be able to get rid of a hangover in real life that's gotta be my favorite yeah i think one of my favorite runes 
from when I read the books and then in the series, we didn't get to use it a lot in the series, which I wish we had. That would have been something if we'd done the war with the Undarkened and we'd done all of the book six stuff in full, we would have seen a lot more of was the, I believe it's called the Unite Rune. That's And it's one of the last ones that Clary creates that allows a shadow hunter to be paired with the downworlder and their their gifts to be sort of crossed over and combined. Mm. And they're, you know, it's what allows us to go to Edom and what allows us to do all these other things. And not only did it provide a lot of fun for us, you know, me getting vamp speed for a few minutes and you getting the Seely can't lie thing yeah. for a little bit. And, you know, all of these elements. But it also just it, it goes back to what Shadowhunters is all about. And just allowing two people who are working for the same cause from completely different backgrounds, completely different creatures are able to combine their gifts in the most literal way and use them for the common good and use them to fight against what is trying to destroy everything. And and I think that's such a beautiful metaphor. And it's, it, you know, again, I wish we could have explored it more in the series. Yeah. There's definitely a cool subsection of, uh, of like story plot lines that we got to go through with that. Cause that was, that was good fun. Those were good fun days. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to legacy. One of our favorite things is seeing how the show affects you guys, even after the years it's ended. And it, I, honestly, it's so true to see the 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 way that this show has lived with so many people for such a long time and still to, to this day, because we're still doing this, is really quite uncommon and, and quite cool for us to experience because most shows, and you as viewers will know this, most shows, once they're gone, that's kind of it. You, it's just gone. And everyone moves on to another thing and that's not really the case with this so this has been uh this has been lovely so let's see how some of your fan questions um lead to the effects it's had on us uh privat underscore maja or maha uh with three eyes in the privat do you ever want to get a shadow hunters related tattoo by the way i love you guys by the way we love you right back we love Um, you too both have shadow hunters related tattoos it's true we both and had shadow. A lot of us Dom's do. idea. <laughs> it, well, it was mostly alcohol's idea, if I'm honest. Mm. Alcohol, and then and then the I don't know if I blame the taxi driver, but the fact that that I got out of the car next to a tattoo <laughs> parlor, it all seemed very serendipitous to me. And yeah. that is that that's basically what had happened. We Alberta and I had been to a Taylor Swift concert and we'd gotten quite drunk and then we had to go to the rap party of season one and we got out of the car and Alberta got out on the right and the rap party was on the right and I got out on the left and there was a tattoo parlor on the left and I went, Yeah, I'm getting one. So before I went into the rap party, I went and got the angelic rune tattooed on my leg. And then I went into the rap party and the first person I saw was Alan, who took one look at me and went, Why have you got you you put plastic wrap? Like cling film around your around your tattoo to keep it clean right after you've had it and alan went mm-hmm. what's going on there what have you done with your leg and i went oh, i just went and got a tattoo and he went oh i'm getting one and then subsequently i think i think like eight or nine of us got it that yeah. night and then over the course of the show we had hair and makeup getting them and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of different people yeah <laughs> i don't know if you remember this dom because of said extenuating circumstances um but you called me while you were on the table getting tattooed did i i don't remember you that called at me. all no did i, I- and he, I answered the phone and you didn't even say hello. You just said, bring everyone across the street. And I was like, what? Where are you? What's going on? He was like, Ooh. bring everyone across the street right now. Wow. So I got the gang and I was like, all right, Dom's across the street. And we walk in and you were on the table getting tattooed. And we all sort of went, well, all right, we're doing this now. This is yeah. now a thing. 
Um, so maybe it was more my fault than than I remember. I I what I do remember is the tattoo artist being very confused about tattooing <laughs> a whole a whole plethora of different people from different backgrounds and whatever with the exact same image. And he, yeah. I think he was stoned. I think he was stoned because we went when we got in. He was in a very large lounger and he was watching cartoons. Not there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. I love cartoons, but he was already. And I remember him sort of looking over like, "Hey man," and I was like, "Hey, I want to get this image tattooed." And he goes, "Okay, cool." And then we came in with the next person and he went, hey, man. And I went, hey, man, I don't know if you remember me. And he sort of went, like, not really. And I was like, okay, well, can we get this image tattooed? And then it just kept going. And I think he got more and more confused. Bless his socks. But he probably thought it was some sort of cult or something. Which, yeah. You know, got yeah. <laughs> but um, I then proceeded to get a tattoo for every season that sort of mm-hmm. stacked on top of the first one of, of a different rune, that whatever it was that exemplified the season or whatever place in life I was in and it became a really nice memento of of the show because it forced me to think about what was the season for Clary and what was this year for me and what you know what rune can I pick that represents that the most and um yeah no no regrets as one no regrets um what's next so the next question is from planet Trish what did playing Jason Clary teach you for your career and other roles? Mm, I think I learned more. This was sort of one of my first times being a, a, a co-lead of a show. You know, Clary Cat mm-hmm. was obviously the lead of our show, but it was sort of the male love interest lead version of that. Um, this was one of my first times experiencing that. And there's a lot that comes with it that you don't really realize, perhaps as audience members. The number one thing is that attitude trickles downwards always. Mm -hmm. So if you turn up with a good attitude, that's going to be reflected with how people enjoy the day, how they start enjoying their work, how it is for guest stars to come in, the sort of relationships you build on set, and how easy the days end up being. Kat always did a very good job of this. No matter how tired we were, she was always upbeat. She always had a smile and she was always ready to go. And that's something that I have taken with me career-wise. That's something that I will always do really no matter what what stage of the sort of the acting hierarchy you're in on a set not only can you make your day a better day by taking the good parts of it and holding on and letting go of the bad parts of it but you can make everyone else's day around you better by doing exactly that and i don't think this is just an acting thing i think this is a pretty unilateral career thing you can make everyone's day around you better and then that gets reflected backwards because the person whose day you just made a little better by being a little nicer even though you didn't want to because you were tired or sleepy or hungry or whatever it was then that person <laughs> later on in the day might be tired or sleepy or hungry but give you a smile back when they didn't want to because they were tired and sleepy or hungry and then it just becomes this sort of circular thing where everyone picks each other up as and when they sort of need to so that's something that stuck with me career wise from playing these characters and from being on this this set yeah and i i feel much the same you know it's we were so lucky to have a set where Ego was virtually non-existent, you know, in in any department. People were there to do the job, to take care of each other, and to tell the story, and to to make each other better. And that, when you're doing a show that's nights and fighting and tears and blood and all of these other things, it's hard work. It's the best job in the world, but it's hard work. And you have to support each other, and you have to be there to carry each other through, because inevitably everybody's going to have one bad day at least 100%. when you're you're in the middle of this and you know as as you often know and as became maybe too much at times i will always find a silver lighting i will mm-hmm. always look for the bright side i will always 
even if it's silly and I have to make it up, I will find some reason to try and make someone smile. And mm -hmm. that's always been inherently a part of who I am, but it, it becomes so much more important on a set like that. But also I, I had never been a lead of a show in that scenario either. And so I was so happy to have people like Isaiah and Harry who had been around the block so many times, who'd been through this. Harry had just been through Glee. Isaiah has been in this industry forever and getting to watch them and the way that they interacted with the crew, you know, having Isaiah come on set every day and say hello to every single person, mm -hmm. say goodbye to every single person before he leaves, no matter how long his day was. I saw how much that meant to every everyone on set and to have Harry come in and be such a total pro and know his stuff and come in with ideas that are so characterful and so interesting. You know, it, it became such an element that all of that taught me so much and the camaraderie that we were able to build that, that carried everything through and trickled to the entire crew. It made the show what it was and you saw it on screen. You saw the byproduct of that symbiosis on screen. And, and, you know, again, that's what I strive to carry through to any job I'm on in any aspect of my life. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> we got two last questions. Let's do it. Here are some questions about rewatching Shadowhunters and this podcast. Honestly, it has been a, a huge amount of fun to be able to dive into this. And especially we, we did a little behind the scenes of how this works. Today, we sort of ran out of time. I couldn't film yesterday and we were supposed to film yesterday. And then today we ran out of time a little bit. So we've decided to do one. We were supposed to record two and we're going to do one. And we have the discussion of which one do we want to do. And we said, oh, absolutely. We're going to do the mailbag. 100%. Yeah. We, we have to do the mailbag because we want to get these questions in and out. We love having this interaction with you guys as do our co-producers on the show who work so hard to bring this stuff to you. They honestly do an absolutely amazing job. So this has been a lot of fun. And thank yeah. you for your amazing questions. Let's, uh, let's jump into some. Sammy Ahern, A-H-N-G. Um, I'm not even going to give it another go. That's, that's, <laughs> that's as you best as it's doing, out. and I apologize, Sammy. When is the best time to rewatch Shadowhunters? Lots of love from the Philippines. Lots of love right back to the Philippines. Um, the best time. That's an interesting mm. one. Honestly, I, what I did find is time of day wise is, is nighttime. Like when it's dark. Mm. Because the show, I, I mean, it's a supernatural show about demons and vampires. Like there's so much like physical darkness, like lack of light on screen that I remember trying to watch them in the daytime a couple of times when I was in Toronto. And do you remember my apartment in Toronto? It was like floor to ceiling windows everywhere and you couldn't oh, yeah. black out the place at all. And it actually became quite hard to watch some of it. Like it, you, you miss bits. Mm -hmm. So I would say the best time to watch it is get it dark, you know, lights out, watch it at, at home when it's nighttime. And that, that would be the best time. I agree. I think, you know, and it's, it sets the mood. It sets the tone. Mm -hmm. Pop yourself some popcorn and, uh, you know, make a Magnus-worthy cocktail or mocktail and have a ball. Yeah. Uh, and then for our final question from Mila66Tia, what's the most fun part of doing these podcasts? I am um, all of it. No, I think for me, aside from these mailbag episodes that are so fun to have this interaction and to continue to answer all of the questions that we haven't gotten a chance to and reliving the episodes, we have given our story so many times at different Comic-Cons and press interviews and doing all this. We've shared our experience. We've told our story. We have all our funny moments. There's still more to tell, which is why we're here, but getting to bring on people that meant so much to us, like Darren McGuire, like Glenn Warner, like Nicola. And, you know, everyone else that hopefully we will have on the podcast one of these days, getting to hear the experience and the story and getting to give an audience to that for the people that 
helped create the world and helped us tell the story and and often are aspects of filmmaking that don't get light shed on them. And, you know, hopefully, my my hope is that, you know, it helps to celebrate the shadow world for what it is. But also, if someone out there loves telling stories and, and wants to be a part of this industry, but doesn't know what a camera operator does, or a costume designer, or a wardrobe assistant, or a director of photography, or whatever it may be, it sheds light on those careers as well, and, and mm-hmm. hopefully allows more people with a myriad of talents and opportunity to to be a part of the storytelling. Yeah, no kidding. It's honestly really beautifully put, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the best thing about this podcast and the best thing that we've done and the best thing that the producers have, have done with us is get on the lesser known talents from the show. Mm-hmm. Get on the people like Darren, like Glenn, like the and again, like others that we're going to get on who in all honesty, worked harder than us. They worked so much harder than us. Every single one of them had a hand in making Jace who he was and Clary who she was and Magnus who he was and Alec who he was and Simon who he was and Izzy who she was and so on and so forth. Every single one of the people that we get on helped us develop those people and helped us develop these stories and helped us tell these stories. And I think one of the true shames to a lot of audience members around the world is that you never get to see that element of it. Because one, to us, it's very exciting. It's a very cool process to build something. You know, you don't buy a Lego made. You know what I mean? You sit there and you make yeah. it and you put it together. And that's what we that's what we do with these people. Sometimes, literally. But <laughs> I think to, being able to share some of those experiences with people who cared so much about the show, being able to tell them that these are the people that that really made it happen is really fucking special. So that is, that I agree with you, Kat. I think that's probably my favorite thing we've done. Well, and I think that's a perfect place to wrap up this episode and to thank each and every one of you angels for sending in questions and continuing to listen and continuing to share this experience with us. It's, it's such a special thing. And, you know, particularly around the holidays, you sort of look back at your year and go, what did I do this year? What did I accomplish? What was my Mm -hmm. favorite part? And having this podcast launch and be such a big part of our lives and and a big part of the fandom and the way that you've welcomed it is is really wonderful. So thank you to our amazing team of producers and to you, Dom, to iHeart for putting us out in the world and to all of you, the Shadow Fam, for joining us once again. Return to the Shadows is hosted and executive produced by me, Dominic Sherwood, and Catherine McNamara. Our executive producer is Ling Lee. Our senior producers are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. And our producers are Hannah Harris and Kristin Vermilion. Our intern is Sam Katz. Original music by Alex Kinsey, performed by Alex Kinsey and Catherine McNamara. And the episode was mixed by Seth Alansky. Make sure you subscribe to Return to the Shadows wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, feel free to drop us a review. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.